Welcome to the Traffic Masters Show. Each week, Traffic Masters explores the lifeblood of your business, generating traffic, turning visitors into leads, and conversion strategies. Mastering traffic and conversion allows you to grow a business you love and live the life of your dreams. Welcome to the show. Well, welcome everyone to yet another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. We have got another fantastic episode lined up for you guys. You're in for a real treat. We met this gentleman, oh, about a month or so ago in Atlanta, and boy, oh, boy, what he's going to share with you guys today about Facebook marketing is phenomenal. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio Gray, the dean and founder of Directions University. Sounds like I'm on Wi-Fi. Well, Jackson, you do the intro. <laughs> well, you sound a little bumpy. It's no big deal. You can keep going. Okay. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the dean and founder of Directions University at directionsuniversity.com. Calling in live from Bonita Springs, Florida, as I do each week on Tuesdays at noon Eastern. We've got my co-host and partner, Jack Humphrey, the associate dean of Directions University, Joining us from Richmond, Indiana, and I'm going to let Jack do the honors of telling you about our guest today. Hello, Jack. Thank you. All right, welcome everybody. So we have David Bear with us online on with us today, and he has spent nearly two decades as a promoter and marketer, working in industries ranging from the performing arts to wine importing to business coaching. These days, David works with his clients to leverage Facebook and ad campaigns to build their prospect list, create authority in their field, and make more sales. David's marketing expertise is informed by two decades of work in and around offline and online promotion and marketing in the wine and performing arts industries. He's on a mission to save the wine business owners and solo entrepreneurs from wasting time on meaningless online activities and put their efforts towards things that will get them results, also known as sales. David, welcome. Well, thank you so much, Jack and Gina. It's great to be here with you guys. Yeah, great to have you. Thanks for taking the time. So, Facebook, the mystery that is Facebook. You help people a lot with this. What uh, what generally do you do you end up doing with clients uh, on a re- fairly regular basis? Well, the, the first thing we do is we sit down and we try to figure out what they've done, what they've been attempting to do um, so far, so that I understand. Uh, what their experience, the the um, the vocabulary, the nomenclature uh, is, and then we and then we walk away from all of that, and we talk about what their goals are. Why are they doing this in the first place? And that's a question that I'm shocked to discover, but you guys won't be because you have these types of discussions all the time. That they don't know the answer. They don't know why they're doing it. They're just doing it because they were told they were supposed to. So that's where we start yeah. things off, and and that really begins the process. Yeah, I think it's so funny, the do-it-yourself nature of specifically Facebook. I mean, I know people more and more just go ahead and get help on Google AdWords. They just It's just so daunting. But a lot of people, I think Facebook just makes it seem like, you know what, just boost this post or just do this. It gives you a false sense of accomplishment because uh, you can really quickly start spending money and not really even know that you know, you need to have a campaign or anything else. It's like, oh, I'm just going to do this. And you start trickling money. In my experience, you start trickling money out there, and all of a sudden you've, you've spent a considerable amount, and you haven't really got an awful lot to show for it. If you don't have a campaign and a real clear idea, it seems to me, um, you know, we've met people like yourself who help people navigate these waters, and it seems like you guys start a lot earlier before you ever push any buttons on Power Editor or anything else really coming up with a plan for uh, what needs to be done and what what people are going to see once you do get their attention and they do start clicking. Is that a fair assessment? Well, uh, it, it might be a fair assessment, except that uh, I think many of us who do this professionally also learned through our mistakes. And I think that's a good thing because, um, you know, our wallet teaches us 
what we don't want to be doing. And so I have, too, uh, you know, been through that situation of spending a bunch of money, uh, it not working, and then have to backtrack and figure out what I was doing wrong. And so uh, when, I, when I sit down with a client, I have the ability to say, oh, you know, I made that mistake, too, and here's what I learned from it. Uh, and, and I think that's, that, um, you know, suggests that there's uh, some empathy on my part, which really makes them happy that they're actually working with somebody who's been through it, not just somebody who, you know, read a, read a book or watched a video on YouTube and then said, oh, I think I'll go out and teach this. So, yeah, I, I've made all the mistakes, the mistakes that everybody out there is making, um, and I was determined enough to really understand what was behind those mistakes and then go and correct them. And so, um, you know, I've invested a, a good bit of time and, and certainly a lot of money in figuring this stuff out for myself, uh, learning from, from uh, folks who are doing uh, uh, Facebook marketing. And it's not just advertising, by the way. Um, the, you know, the, the, um, the tools that Facebook gives us to advertise are amazing. And I know we'll get into a, a little bit of this discussion on that, but simply understanding how to set up a, um, a, a fan page properly, what the elements are that are available to a business in setting up that page, what assets are there that can help leverage that conversion from somebody who is just passing by to somebody who is engaged to somebody who becomes a lead because they opted into an offer that you have to um, nurture that relationship and develop that person into not just a customer, but an evangelical customer. And none of that has uh, anything to do with advertising if, if you don't want it to. Yeah. Well, to get everybody's whistles wetted, could you go through a campaign? You don't have to name any names or anything like that, but could you go through a campaign that you've done, well, any time, but uh, recently or, or months ago, that's one of your favorite mm -hmm. campaigns where somebody kind of started from a dead start or – you know, in your opinion, they did because they had been making all of those mistakes before they met you. And and give us a sense of, of how the campaign kind of got built, what kinds of things that you paid attention to, and, and in general, just the sorts of outcomes that came from from one of your success stories. Sure. Well, uh, I'm, I'll, I'll talk about a, a client I'm working with right now. Um, they are a stand-up paddleboard kit-making company. So um, it's uh, I guess it's all the rage right now. Um, Stand-up paddleboards, they're sort of, uh, you know, after maybe, um, uh, they're a little bit bigger than, than a standard surfboard, and you stand up on them with a paddle, and you can, you know, um, paddle along in calmer waters, or uh, you can do yoga on them. Or you may not have any interest in doing anything with them, but you're a DIY crafter, and these things are made out of wood, and so... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of guys out there who have a little shop in their basement might um, buy this kit, build it, and you know sell it themselves or give it to some relative of theirs who who enjoys the sport. So so they've been out there um, for uh, I think about a year and a half or so um, marketing this. They're selling a few a week. It's not a big operation. It's sort of a side business for for the owner, and he is looking for ways to develop. Um, uh, more frequent sales because he's, you know, got equipment that he wants to, um, uh, pay, you know, justify the fact that he's invested in, uh, and it's getting to be that season. So uh, we got together a couple of months ago and we looked at what he was doing at that point, and he did what almost everybody does when it comes to Facebook marketing. He got as many likes on his um, his fan page as he possibly could. And they were reasonably targeted likes, which means that he was um, going after people who had a, an interest in the general vicinity of what he was offering. So people who were um, interested in, in stand-up paddleboarding, who were subscribers to that, uh, that industry's leading um, publication. So he, he got his targeting reasonably right because he was thinking a little bit outside the box uh, you know, as opposed to just thinking broadly like people who like water sports. He, he got a little bit uh. more specific. That was, that was helpful. The problem is, and I'll just step back um, and say he paid for these likes uh, to, to come to his page, and that's great if you are paying inside of Facebook. If, you're use, if you are using Facebook's targeting system inside their ads management system, 
to identify people based on demographic, psychographic, behavioral, uh, purchase history, all of the really, really cool things that you can do with Facebook. But there's also other ways to purchase likes. And this is, the, this is what I'm about to say is the way that many people, many businesses have been doing it, and it's the wrong way. And so if you're listening and uh, you've either done this already or you saw something that said, hey, I can get you, you know, 5,000 likes for your fan page. All you need to do is pay me, you know, X number of dollars. Um, these are not real likes. Or maybe they are. Maybe they are some, some uh, physical people in a third world country who are getting paid pennies for um, creating fake accounts and going and liking random pages. But more likely they're, they're just these random computers that are, that are doing it. Those likes are garbage, and tons and tons of the 50 million plus fan pages that are on Facebook right now are populated with these purchased likes, these, these likes that really um, make no sense. So having good targeted likes, that's a good place to start. Real people who are actually interested in what it is that you are promoting, what it is that you do. So that, that's where he was at the point that he and I met. And I guess this is a longer story than I, than I thought because we're <laughs> I'm kind of a few minutes into it and I haven't really gotten into much detail. But the idea that was perfectly you, fine. I think this is this is exactly <laughs> what we're after. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you how do you take these seven thousand people who are who are appropriately targeted, interested in this topic, and how do you move them from being fans of the page to being actively engaged in his business in some respect. Well, in this case, he's not building an email list. He's not, he's not interested in that. He just has a handful of products that he wants to sell them. And that became a little bit more challenging for me because one of the natural things that I, I, I'm sure you guys often talk about is the, uh, um, the, the benefit of having a, uh, an email list to continue to develop a relationship. And in this right. case, this business didn't have that. And many businesses I deal with don't typically have them. Um, but we wanted to find ways to get people um, to start looking at uh, uh, the product line, to start engaging with the types of things that, uh, that the business was promoting. And so we created, and he, and he didn't have any sort of blog content or any sort of um, just just good value-based, interesting content that was on the general subject of, um, uh, of the, the, the greater topic that his business deals with. And that's another trap that I think a lot of businesses are in. They have the, um, they have the fan page, and they have their website that may outline all of their products or services. I think you see this a lot with restaurants, right? You, you go to a restaurant website, maybe they have the menu, they have uh, some pictures of um, some of the food that they serve. They maybe even have some uh, special events that they've hosted, but they don't have blogs. Uh, what restaurant has a blog? And so this is a very, very common thing we see. So how do you create um, an engagement when all of the raw assets that you have are sales-focused, are focused on this is what we want to exchange you know, uh, with you in exchange for your money? So we really had to create some good, value-based, interesting content that was going to be fun and engaging for that 7,000-plus audience plus all of those other people out there he hadn't yet connected with. So that's where we started. We actually started by creating a handful of blog posts that were very simple, uh, that, that focused on general things. We had uh, you know, five, five best environments or five great places around the U.S. to, uh, to go upright paddleboarding. And um, and we sent people over to that blog, and there was a little call to action at the end of it. Hey, if you're if you're not familiar with our our uh, our goods, you, you can check them out here. But in the background of that blog post, we also had what what is called a retargeting pixel. And uh, if you guys haven't talked about it on the show uh, before, we can go into a little bit more detail on what that is. But basically. It's a little line of code that Facebook supplies to its advertisers, which says, all right, this person who landed here on this page demonstrated their interest in it, and we can use the data that we've gathered by the fact that this individual who we identify based on 
um, on their Facebook uh, identity has been there. So if you want to continue the conversation with them, you can place ads in front of them. You can serve ads that are targeted to them based on the fact that they landed on this particular web page. And so that's what we have been building. Uh, so we've been continuing the conversation not in an email autoresponder or an email broadcast series, but through ads. So first they went to this blog post, then we sent them some other place that had other interesting but non-salesy stuff on it, and we actually are about to um, make an offer this week for a, uh, a brand new design of a, a brand new um, a paddle that is uh, going to be available uh, with free shipping. So there's an incentive for people to click on it. Now they're familiar with the brand. They've engaged a couple of times. We know that because we have pixeled these people. We have, we have tracked their activity. We have no idea who these people are, by the way. So it's sort of creepy, but it's not totally invasive. And we then have the ability to go back to those particular people who have gone through this series of activities and put an offer in front of them. And that offer is now going to have a much, much higher um, uh, conversion rate because it's not the first engagement with these people. It's not actually the second engagement with these people. In most cases, it's the third engagement with these people. Now, you know, I got really excited earlier about the uh, content stuff because <clears throat> we have a company, uh, Brick Road Media, that, that does content marketing pretty much exclusively mm -hmm. as our main product. And, and you know, we get people coming to us that need help all the time, as you do. And some, some people are, like, really well suited for content marketing. Like, I can just picture paddleboarding videos and all kinds of stuff. I mean, the yoga thing, just all these little niche parts of the whole market that people are really rapidly looking for content for. So you must have been really excited to get this client just thinking ahead, knowing that you'd be able to – it would be a lot easier for you to develop content for these guys. It, it, you know, from my perspective and probably from your perspective, it was. But there's a learning curve for them because they're not content creators. I'm not a content creator. Right. So what I, what I typically do is I teach them the process of creating their content. Um, and that, that's re really my business is about teaching my clients how to put this stuff in place. I, I uh, typically try not to do it for them because I want to empower them to understand the entire process and take ownership of it and be available to them as, as a, a resource to help them through that process. So we actually did spend some time talking about how to create content that's interesting and engaging. And the first thing that we talked about was, all right, well, you, you guys are really into this, um, into this niche. You're really interested in this world. So where do you go for information? What kind of information do you, do you consume? So yeah, they, they told me about these great videos with the, some of these cool things that they saw people doing in these beautiful settings. They told me about a, a few different um, uh, national magazines. And I said, okay, well, let's go over to the magazine websites and let's read and see what they're doing. They, unlike you and me, are professional content creators. And that's where we actually got the outline for the blog post that, that I told you about earlier, the five, five great uh, places around the U.S. And we didn't take that and, um, and, and publish their content, the, the magazine's content, right on their website. Instead, I said, well, that's a great template. Let's take that concept and let's write it, you know, fresh. So we took the idea of five great places and we rewrote it and we identified different places and we talked about it in their language, my, my client's language. Um, but when it's already there, you know, and why reinvent the wheel? And so they learned the entire process of creating good, engaging content based on a model that we found that already existed that worked properly. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. There's always somebody out there in almost every industry that's worth even being in that has gotten the content marketing bug and figured things out or talked to somebody who did. And there's just you know, just searching around for ideas. I love that you stay out of that business, though, because 
sometimes I fantasize about that for our company. I wish we could just consult and have the have more of our clients doing the the content themselves because I, you know it's just for all the obvious reasons and the ones that you stated. But man, <laughs> not having to do that content, they're really the best suited to do it, right? And so, yeah. and and that's coming from somebody who you know our, our company makes a living doing the content for other people. But I still say, you know. <laughs> if you can do it yourself, you should do it yourself because uh, it's going to be better than anything anybody else is going to do. That's the passion part of it, right? And that's why I like these kinds of niches because, you, man, I'm just picturing stuff these guys do, associations they belong to, things that they do to promote themselves, or, or maybe they're not using that stuff to promote themselves. They never really thought about doing that. The next time they go to a, a an outing or something and they're, they're tabling and they've got their stuff there, but there's also paddleboarding happening. There's the the activity that you buy this equipment for, and all of this great juicy content uh, ability that either is or isn't actually being used, and opening their eyes to that. I know that's probably pretty tricky, you know, because you, as you mentioned, they've never done that. They don't think of themselves in doing that. They are paddleboard makers, right? That's what they do. They don't think of themselves as content creators. But uh, it sounds like you have a pretty good system of getting them to to be comfortable with it. Well, I, I, here's my here's my little secret, and it's not such a little secret, but um, I didn't say that my my business model works all that well because what happens typically at the point in the process where I say, okay, here's how you do all this stuff. Um, I've outlined it all for you. I've walked you through the systems. Uh, they they typically will turn around and say, David, we really appreciate that this is so cool. I'm really excited about starting this process, but gosh, it seems so overwhelming. How much do you charge for us to pay you to do it instead? So actually, it's, you know, it's, it's your assumption that I can I can um, circumvent that that inquiry um, is not correct. I always get the question. And sometimes I break down and say, yeah, okay, I'll do it for you. But uh, for the most part, we want to um, – I, I want to work with people who are excited about doing this, excited about learning it, and then we'll, uh, we'll embrace the process themselves. And when they go off to an event, you know, like a paddleboarding event, they just whip out their, their phone and, and take a few videos and throw it up on, on YouTube and, and Facebook video which they need to do separately now. We can talk about that if you'd like. Um, and know how to position that content they've just created to get people to act on it. And that's really the value in it. And, and I, I started this process back when I was working, I worked in wine importing for uh, eight years. I was a marketing director for two different wine importers. And when I left my last job, I started working with local wineries here in Oregon's Willamette Valley where I, where I moved. And one of the things that they all wanted was a social media content manager, somebody to do the social media for them. And I, and I with every prospective client I met with, I said, no, you don't, and here's why. Because a social media content person is not out in the vineyard looking at the bud break. Uh, looking at the development of the plant, looking at you know the beautiful um, natural setting that you're in, looking at the um, the the the, um, the birds and the other animals that are in your environment, uh, they're not in the cellar when you're when you're dealing with um, you know cleaning out the tanks or doing the punch down or any of the other really kind of cool activities that you engage in, but you are. And uh-huh. these days, your smartphone is sitting there in your pocket, and you probably are even taking pictures. So why not use the stuff you're already doing and put it into the proper position to uh, leverage it in your own social media marketing? You can hire me to teach you how to do that, but not to do it for you. And and that's that's where this, this philosophy comes from. Yeah. Well, I think one of the most important things that people tend start to realize is when you break it down like that, this is stuff you're already doing, and you guys already get on social media, and you already do it on a personal level. You know, you're already doing most of these things. You just need to know what it's for and how it fits into your campaign, and then just go, oh, well, this picture that I just took that I probably wasn't going to share with anybody would be really valuable for our company on our page, or 
And I think the biggest hesitation we get from people is that I already do all this work in my company, and everybody that's in this company, we're lean and mean, and everybody's got a full-time job in it right now. So explaining it the way that you did must break down an awful lot of barriers and walls to the idea of them doing at least some part of it themselves. Yes, um, I, I think I think it does because we talk about the fact that they're already doing it, and then they go, "Oh yes, uh, you know," and they're, and they're even doing it to the extent that they're posting this stuff on social media, but they don't necessarily know how to structure what they're posting or position it properly, and that's why after I get an initial assessment of what they're doing, we then talk about what they want to get out of what they're doing because it's not one of those things that, um, as I said at the beginning, most people think about. And I love using the quote, um, I'm trying to remember this quote now um, from, from Yogi Berra. It's something like, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you might wind up someplace else, right? So that's, yeah. that's one of the first things that I, I, I talk about is, look, we need to know where we want to take these people by showing them all of this stuff. And so if you're putting pictures up there, First, if you don't have any context for that picture, well, that's just bad branding because you're not giving people the story around that picture. You're just putting up a, a, an interesting or fun picture. So let's, at, at the very least, put a little bit of a story there so that we have context. The second thing is to make sure that there is some call to action. It does not need to be come buy something. In fact, it shouldn't be come buy something. We want to minimize that, but we want to have a call to action to get people trained to be engaged with us in social media. And so the calls to action that I'm talking about are things like asking a question. You know, um, let's have a, you know, a picture of a beautiful day out in the vineyard and ask a question about, you know, um, tell us your story of uh, your most beautiful um, you know, memory of, of visiting a vineyard or uh, you know, sh share share some pictures in the comments here of, you know, vineyards that you visited. That's engagement. And that's, this is what I was saying at, at the beginning. We don't necessarily need to be paying for this stuff because Facebook will reward a fan page when there is engagement by showing your stuff more frequently to more of your fans. So before we even think about paying for anything on Facebook, we want to test the waters and see what our fans are actually interested in, what they're actually engaging with. And these types of posts that I've just described, posting something and asking a question, will tell us, are people going to respond to this or not? If not, then let's not even waste our money on, on, on boosting and getting more engagement with a post that doesn't get engagement naturally. Yeah. Well, back to the paddleboard company to try to, to tie a bow on that. You you said yeah. that that's a company you're working with now. Is it is it a campaign that's underway, or um, or is it still kind of getting started? Do you have results that uh, you're searching for? What are you looking to get for these guys with the campaign that you are setting up or have set up for them? Okay, so so when we set up the campaign, we're running traffic uh, based on targeting. Uh, of particular types of interests and individuals to the non-sales destinations like the blog post I talked about. And during that process, I look at the data of who is clicking, where they're clicking from, what age range, what gender, um, and, and some other, some other uh, uh, analytical data that's going to help me fine-tune that campaign as it's running so that I am uh, reducing the cost per click. Uh, I'm maximizing uh, Facebook about a month and a half or two months ago came out with a new, um, uh, new element to their, their uh, advertising platform called the relevance score, uh, which tracks whether people like or don't like your ad, whether they say, please don't show this to me, or whether they click like. Basically, that's a, the, the negative and the positive ways that Facebook will track um, the relevance according to people they're showing it to. And so that's another thing that I need to balance. All right, am I getting a relevance score that's good? Is it a nine, uh, 8, 9, or 10 out of 10 versus a 1, 2, or 3 out of 10? So I'm tweaking to find the audience that this is going to resonate with to reduce the cost per click, et cetera. 
That's the first part of what I'm doing in the back end. Uh, and the results that I'm getting are increasing the numbers of the correct people at a lower cost per engagement or click. So that's what we did for the first um, uh, little bit of time as we were running traffic to the first blog post. Then I ran traffic of people who went to that blog post, and we had something like 700 some odd people that uh, clicked over there. We ran that for, I want to say, five or six days. Um, we then ran them to a video where we uh, pixeled them a second time, and we got about 500 of those people uh, out of the 700 people over to that next one. And so those 500 people, and this is still ongoing, so, so that number isn't a, a final number, that 500 people are now going to be served a new ad that we haven't even um, uh, fully created. I just got the, uh, the creative image from them yesterday. Uh, which is going to promote the sale offer that, uh, or the, the free shipping offer that I told you about. So we're in uh -huh. process w with this right now. I'm, I'm continuing to run each of the non-sales offers because that's just going to continue to feed new people into the system that I've, I've outlined for you. But at this point, we started with about 700. That translated to 500. Those 500 plus people are going to be getting uh, a commercial um, uh, offer. Uh, within the next few days. Awesome. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit and and talk about you know people who m are listening uh, in various maybe they've never done anything on Facebook out of fear of just not knowing what they're doing and wasting money or uh, not having the time or just the inexperience issue and then other people who have tried some stuff but um, we probably have like maybe one Facebook pro advertising marketing pro on on everybody else would be really interested to hear where you think they should start. What are, what are the main key points that people should be thinking about when they're thinking about starting a, a, a real Facebook campaign? Okay. Well, I, I told you the questions that I ask um, uh, at the beginning of an engagement with, with a client, and mm -hmm. knowing what we want to get out of it is one of the most important questions we need to ask because that's going to inform everything that we do. And so if it is, you know, in the case of a winery that I'm working with, getting more bodies into the tasting room uh, to come visit the winery and engage with us live and taste the wine, well, that's one, um, that's one audience that we want to cultivate and we want to put messages in front of to get them to ultimately take that particular action. If it's, you know, to engage with um, uh, an accounting firm to sign up for tax preparation, we want to know that because we want to start them down a path. So we want to really understand what's the goal, what, what are we trying to get out of it first. And that's going to inform who the audience is. Who are we actually going after? What types of people do we want to be working with? And I'm, I'm sure you guys talk uh, about the ideal customer or the customer avatar um, on, you know, with, with, um, with, with other guests. That's something that we want to develop as well. So really understand either, you know, here is um, our customer avatar, here's the, the types of things they do, uh, their, their age, gender, what they do, uh, you know, family-wise, what they do recreationally, because we can actually enter all of that stuff into Facebook to sculpt that ideal um, fan and follower for us. So we want to understand that. Now, one, one um, conversation I had with a business owner recently, we talked about this customer avatar, and they said, well, I have people from all over the place, and I have all different types of people. And I said, well, if you're dealing with multiple types of prospects, let's choose one. All right, well, how do I choose one was the, was the answer I got. I said, well, who's the most comfortable <laughs> for you? Who do you enjoy working with and get the most benefit out of? Let's go after that audience. So, so that's often a question that I get as a follow-up to, you know, your ideal customer. Well, I could work with anybody. All right, well, let's, let's then fine-tune that question a little bit more, and that, that's, that's one of the ways I go after that. Um, and then there's understanding how to create or curate the right kind of content. Um, have you guys talked about content curation with past guests? I, I'm, I'm, I'm certain you have. I am certain we have too. Yep. There's a lot of past yep. guests. You can you can go where <laughs> you want with that. <clears throat> sure. So 
because, you know, as I said earlier, you know, there's tons of um, uh, resources that exist out there, so why reinvent the wheel? Just like we, we talked about the uh, the SUP magazine that we, um, we, we took the concept of uh, the blog post for, there's great content out there to share. And so putting out content that's going to have great value to your customers or your prospects and say, hey, Guys, come over here. Look what I found. You got to check this out. That content that you shared with them is going to be directly associated with you because you're the one who told them about it. Now, you can you have a few ways of doing this. You have the ability to just say, "Hey, here's a link. Go go read this, you know, article in the New York Times I just read. Really fascinating." Then come back here and let me know what you thought. Or there are tools out there that I like to use and recommend. Um, a couple of them that I absolutely love are Post Planner and uh, Snipply, both of which um, have free platforms and paid platforms, but they enable you to go and recommend something, but you give them a link that actually has your content hovering over the top. So I have almost all of my content that I'm uh, curating, that I'm sharing something, when somebody clicks on that link from my Facebook fan page or, or somewhere else on Facebook, I might have shared it, they actually get a banner at the top of the page with my company logo, with a call to action from me that says, you know, uh, if you want to learn how to leverage your, your Facebook fan page, um, click here for my free guide, kind of call to action. And there's an article about something that's relevant and related to what I promote in my business directly beneath it. So that's a far more powerful way of staying connected throughout the process of curating in social media by simply referring somebody over to something but then staying top of mind literally because your, um, your business or your image uh, is hovering over the top of that page or that page is in an iframe with, with a banner from, from your business at the top. So that's another uh, part of the process, but we talk about having some sort of call to action inherent in all of the social media posting that we're doing, and uh, particularly on Facebook where we want people to get in the habit of actually engaging. So whether it's asking a question. We don't ever want to say, by the way, like or comment or share inside a Facebook code, uh, post. Facebook sees those words and they will not share those posts organically because, well, because people abused it over time and so Facebook has, has decided, all right, well, this is getting you know, a um, lower organic push from us because these guys are asking to you know have comments, so you use different language. You say you know you 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 make a statement and you say hey what do you think about that or you know what's your favorite part of something or uh, you know the example I gave earlier about um, uh, about the vineyard uh, image and you know tell us a story about your you know favorite uh, visit to a vineyard. Asking questions like that really really effective and you don't get dinged by Facebook. So we talk a little bit about call to action um, and then. Ultimately, we work down the path of, all right, now that we've done this and we've looked at it for several weeks and we see that there are trends, how do we leverage that through Facebook advertising? Right. So we haven't spent a, a single dime yet. How do we leverage what we've learned by posting or boosting posts or engaging people further or bringing an additional audience in who might uh, add to the conversation most effectively. So I don't have a formula for that except to look at what we've done and make decisions based on, on what we've, we, we've witnessed. And Facebook gives us tons of data inside our fan pages. Uh, at, up at the top of our fan page, there's, uh, if you're the administrator, there's a bunch of uh, uh, different buttons up there. One of them is something called Insights. And it tells you everything from the time of day that you're page fans are on Facebook and therefore what time of day you ought to be posting or scheduling a post, uh, to all the details of which things are getting the most engagement and what type of engagement. And that also includes um, custom apps 
on, on uh, fan page tabs, you can track all of that data as well. I haven't talked about that very much, but that's another area that I focus a lot, um, particularly when it comes to lead generation or creating digital products inside of Facebook or selling something inside of Facebook. I use those custom tabs a lot. Yeah, I know those can be confusing. Uh, yeah. You know, usually the if you, if the services the services didn't used to be so easy to use that would help you make a tab on your Facebook page, but now they I think are getting a lot better. So if you made a contest with someone's uh, different apps or whatever, they it seems mm -hmm. like it's a lot smoother process nowadays to get a tab on your page and make it look good and and make it so that you're not feeling like a coder all the time. I remember when we used to have to start up our own apps and, and go into developers in Facebook and it was weird, man. It didn't make any sense and you know, and I don't see uh, the, the things that we've done in the in the recent past, there's not as much need or I don't know, maybe you know this, that there's not any need to have to do that geeky stuff anymore. Oh, I buy things all the time where I still have to create those uh custom apps in in the developer section of Facebook. And I and I'm not I'm not technical. So I, you know, I go, I go to YouTube and I watch a video to teach me how to do something, and I can do it. But I, you know, I, I'm not yeah. a coder either. So even though I have gone uh, into the developer end of Facebook and I have created probably a dozen or 15 apps at this point, I have to go and watch a video every time I do it because I don't remember what I'm supposed to do. So yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a ton of things out there um, uh, that I think are a lot more user friendly. Um, uh, that are are drag and drop, or what you see is what you get, or or are already templates, and you just fill in the stuff. Um, I happen to work with a company called Twenty Two Social um, that that I adore, and um, I, I recommend their stuff all the time. Uh, and I think I think they have, probably, a, they have Is that one of the ones that has like different, all kinds of different tabs that you can set up for contests or opt-ins or videos or whatever? It, it, or is it, it one is. specific? Yeah. No, it's it's actually a, a broad range of things, and it uh, I I host a weekly um, hangout inside of one of their things with a comment feed underneath uh, underneath it. Uh, I have a uh, a client that is a winery that does a um, uh, free wine tasting giveaway and a contest uh, inside one of their apps. So you could do a, a a really wide range of things. I give away my my. Um, uh, my biggest lead magnet is uh, a, a guide to um, uh, seven awesome, I can't remember what I call it, seven awesome free Facebook marketing tools you're probably not using yet but should. I think that's what I called it. I give that away through a, Facebook, through a uh, 22 social app, and mm -hmm. I built an entire um, sales funnel through that 22 social app. So somebody comes into it, they, uh, they click on a button to gain access to it, they're they're then um, greeted by Facebook's uh, um, request from them. Would you um, or th this app is requesting um, access to your personal to your profile so that they can um, mm -hmm. get your identity, your 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 email address. Um, do you really want to do this? And they you know will click yes because of course I I want this thing that they're giving away. Well, they didn't have to fill out an email uh, form. They just said yes. Uh, send my Facebook verified email address to these people so that they'll send me the, the, the download link that I've requested. That's how super simple that is. And then it goes into a sales funnel. I actually on the next on the next page behind the the uh, the gate on that tab, right? They have to click the button to to say I want this thing. They give permission to share their their uh, contact info, and then it reveals a video of me. Um, upselling a $7 retargeting uh, course on how to use Facebook retargeting uh, for their business and why they need to know about that. So, I, I, you know, I have an entire sales funnel in there. Do you? Uh, is there an easy link to get to this? I find the best way to understand what, specifically things like what you're talking about, is from the inside out, like going through it. And I would yeah. encourage everybody to go check it out because then and then really pay attention. Don't just be in a consumer mindset, um, but also be thinking about. You know, I'm sure David would love it for you to just be purely in a consumer mindset when you go through his funnel. We all would, but nope. pay attention no, to what's going on, what's happening. <laughs> you know, how he takes you from one place to another and experience this funnel because you know David's a pro and you know he knows what he's doing. He's done 
more than this funnel and made a lot of mistakes until he got to this point. So this is a this is a trustworthy process to go through. So how could people get into that and find out um, how this works on, from sure. so, from so, your perspective? Yeah, and so so to clarify something, actually, I want them to understand everything about what they just experienced because one of the things that I'm I'm promoting on the back end is hey, you, you might want to get your own 22 social app. And by the way, you can get a free one or you can pay the $22 a month uh, uh, rate. And in, in that case, I'm actually not even an affiliate. I, I just uh, earn three points so that I don't pay for it myself. That's all. Um, and, I, and I am you know, uh, an open book about all of that because I want them to understand the value of this tool for me. So here's how you can find uh, this particular uh, offer, which is the, the book that I can never remember the name of. So I've been awesome free Facebook marketing tools. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's a really poor name. I don't know. I thought it was great. Um, it's mm-hmm. uh, bear bearonmarketing.com forward slash free. So it's B-A-E-R on marketing.com forward slash free will take you over to that, that uh, free book. Awesome. So how many segments to that, that whole funnel do you have? Take us through each one of the pages once again so we get a real good idea of what it, what it feels like, how, many, how much work you might have had to put into it. Maybe you want to speak to that too, how, how, how difficult yeah. it might have been to, to get it all together, or easy. Well, I, I, mine looks a little fancier than it needs to because I, I, I love playing uh, around with this stuff. But... Um, and, and, I, and there's a learning curve with anything, and so the first time you build one of these things, it might take you, gosh, 90 minutes to do, um, as opposed to, you know, getting Who's a whole that kind of time? Set it. <laughs> but, you know, for, for me, when you see what I put up there, when you go through this process, um, I shot a video that's probably a two-and-a-half-minute video, so that took me two-and-a-half minutes. Uh, I created an image on the front end of it, which uh, I did over at Canva.com, another great site that if uh, people don't know, uh, I I use it um, to create free images all the time and absolutely love it. It's uh, C-A-N-E-A.com. So that image probably took me four or five minutes to create. Uh, And then I had to figure out, all right, what's the copy? And that probably took me ten minutes. And then I had to cut and paste everything into its place there, put my um, get response autoresponder code in. So I'm guessing this whole thing took me about 23 minutes and 47 seconds. So, you know, for the uninitiated, maybe it's going to yeah. take 25 minutes, but pretty good. <laughs> Something like that, yeah, yeah. And, and again, how long have you been using this? How, how long? You want to share your stats on it? You don't have to if you don't want. On this app or on uh, on uh, 22 Social in general? Oh no, I was talking about this uh, particular campaign. How how's it going oh, for okay. you? Is it is it a new uh, one or an old one or? Uh, I continue to tweak it, and that's one of the the benefits of you know platforms like this. And it's not exclusive to to this particular platform, but platforms like any of these lead capture systems, lead pages is great, uh, ClickFunnels. Um, I just started using another service called Video Pages. Um, my, my friend Chris Record is coming out with a, a new um, uh, bridge marketing plugin for, for WordPress as well. There's tons of these things that you can tweak on the fly. And so um, I don't think five years ago I would have ever said tweak on the fly, but I, I think you understand what I'm talking about that. Um, so I have the ability to go in and say, gosh, you know, people are not resonating with this, and um, I could go in and adjust this language or change this image or, you know, the, just like uh, people always um, uh, talk about when split testing, is the, is the button color, uh, you know, the right color? Should it be uh, orange or should it be red or should it be yellow? Um, so I can play around with all those things. Statistics on this I've had since, I'm looking back here. Over the last 90 days, and I'm not I'm not paying to run traffic to this currently. Um, over the last 90 days, I've had 1,697 um, desktop views and 595 um, uh, mobile views, of which I've had about a 20 something 23% opt-in rate. Uh, people who actually click on that button now. 
the one thing that we find with this platform is because you're not entering an email address into a box, we get a lower opt-in rate because people don't trust it quite as much. But 100% of the people who opt in are actually verified as a real email address, which is an issue that a lot of uh, marketers online encounter, which is people, you know, even if they um, enter a real email address, it might be their junk email address, right? All right, here's the email mm -hmm. address I, I type into boxes to sign up for stuff. And you never, you never get to really communicate with them going forward. The benefit that I have using this particular tool is, that it's the Facebook verified. It's the email address they log into Facebook. It, its likelihood is that it's a more important email address for them. And as a result, I'm going to have the likelihood to, of, of being able to communicate with them, um, uh, you know, more, uh, more on the back end, rather than if they just typed in a random email address. So uh, it's not—it's not a great opt-in rate from from a certain perspective. Uh, because people get to this page and then and then bounce off because they don't necessarily like it, uh, the idea of uh, mm -hmm. clicking on the button. Um, but but I'm getting better people. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Is that I love low uh, numbers when those low numbers are my exact target. You know. Exactly. Because mm -hmm. it's just a lot less junk to to deal with, right? Yeah. So Jan, I, I don't know if you're on. Can you? Uh, are you on? Jan had a question for you. Hey, Jan, take it away. All right. Hey, David. Great. This has been just a great interview. I, I'm really enjoying this. I guess okay. my question is for people that are starting out, what kind of budget or time frame do you set, you know, do you talk to them about? Hey, you know, you need to have a budget of at least, you know, $20 and give it six weeks? Or do you know where I'm going with this? Because I think a lot yep. of people really don't understand, you know, how to so, budget that. And I thought you'd be really qualified to answer that one. Sure. So so it depends on what the budget is for. As, a, as I outlined it before, earlier, we don't want to be spending any money at the beginning. We actually want to get gather data at the beginning. So we want to be doing stuff to... Um, to figure out where we want to be spending our money ultimately. Now, if you have absolutely no fans at all on a page, we want to promote that page to a targeted audience. You might spend five or ten bucks a day uh, to, to get that audience up to a, a few hundred. Having a lot of fans is not as important as having a few of the right fans. And so we want to, you know, so on my page right now, I have a 4,000 some odd fans, which from some pages in my industry is tiny. From my perspective, it's actually huge, and I made a mistake early on. The, one of the mistakes that I told you about, I, I got the wrong people to become fans on my page. So I don't have really good engagement numbers as a result, and I have to manually delete each of those people if I really want to. And that's about um, 1,700 people that I have to <laughs> manually delete, which I just haven't gotten that yet. But the answer really is budget-wise and time-wise, um, once you sit down and go through the process of understanding the principle behind it, if you spend 30 minutes a week on, on strategizing your posts and scheduling them, that's probably the, the investment of time on an ongoing basis that you would have. And budget-wise, I typically suggest starting off with about 5 to $10 a day once we're in the promoting a post phase so that we can test things. And it takes about two or three days to see the data on how something is uh, working, whether it is working or whether it's not working, what tweaks we need to make to it and all of that. And then we can decide, all right, well, great. Let's keep going at $5 a day for the next two or three weeks. Or we can say, boy, let's turn this up and uh, uh, you know, increase the, the, um, the reach and response rate a lot more rapidly. That's entirely up to the business and their set of goals and the volume they can handle on what, wherever it is they may be driving people. But I, you know, for most Main Street businesses out there that are just looking to get more traffic in their door, um, more phones ringing, the answer is five to ten dollars a day is really all you need to be doing on one 
campaign at a time, maybe a second campaign to do some um, some additional testing. Does that answer the question? Yes, that's great. That's really perfect. So once again, everybody can go find out more. Is, is that the best place to go? I don't know. I kind of hijacked your uh, thing here by having everybody go to your uh, your report. Is that where you ever you want everybody to go, or is there another place you'd like people to go and check you out today? Well, that, that's a great place to start. Um, one other place that uh, I'm I'm happy to share with the audience here is um, uh, I do have a course that covers a lot of this, so that when people are um, looking for more detail on exactly how to structure all of this, uh, I put a course together specifically for small business owners and solopreneurs who really don't want to be learning all this stuff like you know how to sell T-shirts, which is a big thing on Facebook. A lot of my friends do it, but it's not what they want to learn. So I have a, I have a course called um, um, Profitable Posting, and uh, you can find that uh, over at bearonmarketing.com forward slash profitable posting. Um, but those are, those are probably the two places. Bearonmarketing.com forward slash free will get you to um, the report, and eventually you'll learn about the course as well if you enter into my autoresponder series. Um, but you'll also learn a heck of a lot of other things uh, without having to, to uh, spend a penny with me. And then if you want to go to the course, uh, as I said, it's bearonmarketing.com forward slash profitable posting. Okay, so we have about five, a little less than five minutes left. Is there anything else you'd like people to know who are just kind of, they've heard heard—they've heard what you had to say today. They, they've heard it can get a little involved. You can do, you can go all the way to retargeting and do all this stuff. So if somebody's heard all that and they're like, yeah, that's okay, it's a little bit much for me, where, where would you, just a couple of tips on where they could get started just to get some real cool concrete results starting like today with the pages that they have, with the fans that they have now, um, as far as just engagement goes? Yeah. Well, I, I would say that if you don't already have a plan in place, you don't know where you want to be taking people, start thinking about that and start using that as a litmus test for what, you know, when you're creating content, does it meet those uh, qualifications, right? So know where you want to be taking people. Mm -hmm. And then before you start posting, uh, uh, judge it against um, uh, that, that goal. And then the second thing is do not be afraid of and, in fact, make sure that you have calls to action in your content. That, that can be anything from come and, you know, check out my services and products to uh, asking for a comment but not, not using the word please comment um, uh, as we discussed earlier. But those are really the two mm -hmm. easy places to start because once you get in that habit, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to build on that. Yeah. And a call to action even just so that people pay attention. You said earlier how, how important engagement is. Even if all of your, your call to action is to get people to comment, if you're, you're asking people's opinion or you're leading them to participate, because that participation is, is engagement that, Facebook uses to reward you by getting your page back out to the, more of the people who follow you, who are your fans, right? Yeah. So that's a really yeah. important thing. That's almost like money in the bank because then that level of engagement on the next post that you make with a call to action to maybe your new free seven steps guide or something like that, it's going to get seen mm -hmm. by more people. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, you, you had uh, my friend uh, Brian Basilico on recently, and I'm sure because he always – always talks about uh, his rating system for likes, comments, and shares. Um, he gives, yep. uh, I think, uh, and you'll have to remind me what it is, I think it's one point for a like. That's good. It's good that you're getting likes. He gives five yeah. points for comments because it's worth more is now demonstrating social proof beyond a little number next to the thumbs up, uh, and there may be an opportunity for you to respond to a comment or a question. And then he gives... 25 points for a share because of what Jack just said. They are now working on your behalf to get more people into your circle, and that's incredibly powerful. So encouraging people through your activity, um, uh, what you're demonstrating, you know, asking a question like, do you know more people who might be interested in this? That suggests that maybe they want to share it, and, and that's really, really valuable. 
Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, this has been really eye-opening. I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this. I'm going to turn it back over to Gina for uh, the end of the show. I can't believe it's already the end of the show. <laughs> well, thank you again, David. Fantastic show. I didn't even want to interrupt, so I just stayed quiet. We will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Traffic Masters here on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great week, everybody, and I hope you guys listen to the replay and take some notes. David gave out some real gems today. Thanks, David. Thank you, guys. Join us Tuesday at noon Eastern for the next episode of Traffic Masters, from traffic to conversion to business success.